I'm Megan. I am a mom and I am passionate about women's rights for birthing the way they want to naturally or whatever. Fuck that. Start over. Bad. Need to need a bottom line. Okay. Let me start over. This is the True North Collective podcast, a gathering of unsugarcoated conversations on wellness created by the real life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. Welcome to season three of the podcast. Hello, I'm Rachel. My Enneagram is four wing three. The longest I've gone without washing my hair is three weeks, and I refuse to watch Love is Blind. My name is Megan. I am an Enneagram type two wing three. Uh, I am a mom who is passionate about informed consent for birth and breastfeeding and raising children, and I am a recovering drug addict. Hi, I'm Alex. My Enneagram is eight wing nine. I won best hair in seventh grade, and I have a Bob's Burgers tattoo. I'm Janelle. My Enneagram is a three wing two. I express my emotions best through writing, and I had to use mascara for the first time today in years. Fuck that. And we are your host of the True North Collective podcast. Yay! We're done. You wait, did you say that's the first time you've used mascara in years or ever? Yeah, in years. Okay. Lash yes. extensions, but they're all like, whew, we get in interesting over here. <laughs> are like some long and some aren't. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're all falling out and I can't get them filled. So my lash extensions are probably three times longer than my normal lashes. And oh. even if I put mascara on, it's just <laughs> <laughs> So bad. Do they have just like giant gaps in it and you're like three long oh, ones and you're like, this yeah. looks pretty. It's fucking Will ratchet. Please, will you please take a photo and send it to me? I'm going to wait until it gets worse, okay, but it's, it's getting pretty. Are you going to try it? I have to make sure it's really, really ugly before I take the chance of I, I, I saw someone post on Instagram and I was like, fuck, this is going to be me soon. Where she had one left. Okay. What? <laughs> And, like, you can't get them off yourself, so there's no, like, at home. You can't trim them? Oh, God, Rachel. (laughs) I think think that'd be way worse. (laughs) Alex used to have her eyelashes done, and then when she took them off, everybody was, like, staring at her, and she was like, I got my lashes off, guys. (laughs) Well, yeah, my lashes are also blonde, so it's, like, extreme drama whenever the lashes came off. Same. Like, no lashes, no eyebrows, and I... I did actually. So maybe it hasn't been years because I took a gap when I moved to slow, but it's been like two years and I hated it. And now I'm just like, fuck, I'm going to have to start over again. It's the worst. And starting over, it takes forever to start from the beginning. Yeah, that's that's tough. No, I Damn you, huh? COVID. <laughs> I'm so glad I don't have to deal with that or worry about it. You know. Italian price, eyelashes. Price to pay. Okay, okay. Right. we're not all black. <laughs> okay, where's your Bob's Burger tattoo? Uh, it's inside of my left arm, oh like right God. by my I armpit. I didn't know what you were going to say. <laughs> I was hoping butt. <laughs> yeah, my, my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> that would so be a second, crazy. Whenever Alex and I, we were trying to think of facts to tell you guys and we were like what should we tell them what should we tell them I was like what if I just tell them 
I, I stuck a popsicle up my vagina and that you were a go-go dancer in Japan. And she's like, got it. That seems perfect. And we should have just done those. <laughs> yeah, that would have been yeah. perfectly we fine. Should, <laughs> I would say, shit we say, like, you would be on par with us. Because a lot of time our guests, you know, they're guests. So they come on and they say, like, nice facts. And we're just like, I picked a booger yesterday. Oh, no, <laughs> like, I know. I was like, I poop out whole kernels of corn. And then they were like, okay. (laughs) Okay, great. Good for you. Oh, my God. Yeah. So we we appreciate other people that can get weird with the facts and just go for it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, my gosh. How are you guys holding up in the uh, house arrest? Um, I'm in the, like, uh, feeling blank or just, like, survival, I guess, and tipping to, like, feeling ragey, um, just, like, 24-7 momming, and it's just, like, a lot. It's a lot. It's a big load over here, and I, I'm, like, happy to spend time with my family, but, um, it's, like hard to have any alone time and or just like friend time and I realized today I was like I I don't I haven't had any like hugs besides you know my kids and my husband in a while and I'm like a, such a physical touch person so I'm missing I'm missing that yeah hugs. yeah I'm on an emotional roller coaster it's like every day is a different variant of emotion that I'm like oh this is <laughs> Now we're going to experience this. Okay. This one. Right. Within the same day, even yeah. you're like morning, you're like, today's going to be great. And then it's like 1 PM and you're like, fuck everything. Totally. You know, my exactly. boyfriend yesterday was just like, I thought you were having a good day. I was like, I am. <laughs> I hate when people. you have a bad moment and they're like, sorry, you're having a bad day. I'm like, it's not a bad day. I'm yeah. fine. I'm having a bad moment. Leave me alone. It's a good way to look at it. I, uh, I had a, a moment the other night where I was playing Billie Eilish on full blast and sobbing. And I'm like, my neighbors, people are below me. I'm like, they're going to think I'm fucking insane, but like, it's fine. Just the, when the party's over, Billie Eilish on I'm repeat emoting. for I'm an emoting. hour. <laughs> the party's sobbing. fucking over. All right. <laughs> Basically. I was like, and they might call 911 for a check on me. Someone's been playing the same song for a really long time. I hope they're okay. Basically. Oh my God. Alex, how are you doing? I'm thriving still. I'm still enjoying being home all the time. The only errand I get to go is the grocery store, which is the only errand I like doing in regular life. And we also um, are adopting a puppy, which I got to go see yesterday. So, so far, so good in the quarantine. I, I love, love that. Me too. <laughs> what kind of puppy? Um, another basset hound. We already have a three-year-old basset hound, and we're getting an, another one. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. cute. I love that. I love. I could like hear the smile on your face. I'm thriving. <laughs> like, I'm like in the corner, rocking back and forth. Like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Like, I know the extroverts are not no. like okay over here. I didn't realize how much of an extrovert I am. But I, I today I was like, oh, I'm for sure an extrovert. That's what's happening right now. Yeah, I do I feel love like my it's helped. I've like kept. I've kept a lot of my normal stuff. Like I have a 
a life coach and a therapist and then I have work that I'm still doing. So like I'm still talking to people all the time, I feel like. So that's and that's like enough for me. I don't need physical contact with anyone. So I'm doing fine. Alex is like, this is honestly this is ideal situation for me. <laughs> I love it. See, and I'm like, I have a life coach, I have a therapist, and I have my job and I'm still crying and me listening too. to Billy <laughs> I know. I told my husband, I was like, I miss talking to strangers or like when we went to Target and everybody's like standing far away from you. It like did this weird mind fuck thing to me where I was like, what? Nobody wants to be around me. Like, what's wrong with me? Like, do I smell bad? And it was just like you could feel people's like fear and like them feeling they want to protect themselves. And I'm just like, I'm just going to smile at every person. And I'm like, uh, those people probably think that I'm fucking crazy. But um, I'm like, I, I got to do it. Stop moving away from me. My personal <laughs> bubble is very small. I think the worst part about like the smiling though, because I've been doing the same thing, but we're wearing masks now here basically. And so I'm smiling, but I'm like, no one can even tell I'm smiling. <laughs> just like yeah, smizing with my eyes. Are we going to end up having to wear masks? Probably. Mm-hmm. That was like a nationwide, like good, <laughs> good gesture of Dude, faith. I but swear, I, I swear that I'm down by the south side of the Trinity River. I don't know if people know what's happening because Aww. it doesn't seem like anybody is doing anything differently. I'm very confused. But if you go up yeah. north, I feel like everybody is like masks. There's a line outside of Trader Joe's. It's very different. It's yeah, it's still pretty chill here and slow too. I mean, we've we've only had a hundred cases and no one's died according to the interwebs. And most of them are not even in the city of Slow. It's like then in the entire county, and the county is huge. But um, I started working at the grocery store. Holla at your temporary clerk number forty-two, <laughs> and, <laughs> and they require that you wear face masks. So now that I have one, it's like, well, might as well wear it when I'm out anyway. I just like draw the smile on the mask. And it <gasps> looks, like, looks like the Joker. And they're gonna yes. be like, I don't know if you're happy or are you scary. <laughs> I saw people that did that with like lips. So like maybe that's what I need to do. It's in, that's an interesting look. <laughs> I won't have any lashes, but I'll have <laughs> <laughs> do. Lips just, put re- just put like regular lipstick on the mask, just like you're putting it on your lips, and you'll, it'll just look like blood. <laughs> and reapply it while you're in your shift. Yes, oh on top of the mask, and <laughs> yeah. it's going to be like a zombie. You're going to look like you're turning into a zombie. <laughs> they like won't come to my register. They're like, fuck no, just forget it. I didn't need this toilet paper anyway. <laughs> What is happening? Is this an ad? It's sort of an ad. Ooh. Ah. (laughs) Okay. Seriously though, Rachel and I are excited to talk about The Collective. This is our monthly community session where we're jumping on Zoom and we're just having an opportunity to connect with other listeners and people in our community, people that we love, past guests from the podcast, giving us the opportunity to get together, reflect, learn from each other, go and talk about different topics that we're wrestling with. 
The collective will be happening the first Thursday of every month, giving us all an opportunity just to be human together. So make sure to check that out. You can get the link to the collective by following us on Instagram and by joining our email list, which you can do by going to thetruenorthcollective.org. Now back to the podcast. Hey, that was fun. Okay, I'm going to introduce you guys. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Okay, so um, these two lovely fine folk are some of my favorite fellow weirdos that I've met here in Dallas. Um, we have Megan Richardson and Alex Siegler. And um, I'm so excited to have them on because they both have been like immediately when I met them, I felt a connection and for very different reasons. And you guys will like hear their personality differences, but I just... Um, I don't know, I felt like a magnetism between both of you guys with me. And so I felt very welcomed right away when I first moved here, and that was pretty cool. Um, But I originally started talking to Megan about Enneagrams because I used to be like an anti... um, Anything that like dictates your personality type and stuff like that, I'm like, fuck that, don't tell me who I am. And in the last six months, I've kind of been like, all right, I can see a place in the world for um, having these tools, especially when you maybe feel like you don't know where to start or even just as a place of like, let's see what's there and you can always invite your own discernment and practice discernment from there. So that's how I um, have started using them. But when I was speaking to Megan about Enneagram specifically, I was just like hooked. I loved the way she was talking about it. Um, and then she mentioned that her and Alex are like Enneagram nerds. And so I was like, okay, well, you're coming on my podcast and we're talking about this. So welcome Megan and Alex to the True North Collective. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, we're going to have a conversation about Enneagrams and I'm really new to it. I know Janelle's new to it as well. We shared our numbers from the beginning. That was from a, I did a quiz. I think Janelle, you did a quiz too, right? Mm-hmm. And we'll put a link yeah, in that's... the show notes to the quiz. Um, but I'd love to just hear from each of you kind of just a little bit about yourself and then how you got into Enneagram. So whoever wants to start. Um, I can start. So I don't really remember how I got into Enneagram, but I will share about myself and it will explain, I think, enough. So um, I got on this like just self-examination journey um, as I left college. I'm a philosophy major, so I was examining the world for a while and then realized that there was a lot of introspection that I needed um, and got a job at Lululemon which um, has a lot of that built into its culture. And as I really learned a lot more about myself and what I wanted and how to build relationships with people that were different than me, um, I started becoming a personality test junkie, like um, took any and every I could find and um, landed on Enneagram. It started getting popular, I guess. And, um, I think Megan probably introduced me to it, but I don't even remember. Um, and really just like attached to it and felt like I dug a lot in with that versus other ones, which I kind of would read like your, you know, um, J 14 magazine horoscope where you're like, great, any of these could apply to me, but sure. This is the one for me. And 
when I found Enneagram, I really felt like it not only helped me understand myself better and learn some like tricks and tools and tactics to move in and out of ways that I liked and disliked being. It also really helped me understand other people, um, even if I didn't know what their Enneagram type was, even something they were interested in. It helped me um, really learn to relate to people, my boyfriend, my parents, people I worked with of, okay, I see this trade and I've kind of like read about this and I understand not only um, like that might mean that they're this number or whatever, but also like I understand why they might be making that um, like but doing that action. And also I know myself now well enough to understand why I might be reacting the way that I am to it. And that's really what drew me in and um, had me really get so in depth with it. That's cool. I, I definitely, that was one of the things that like hooked me when I f- first started looking at it was I really appreciated that it felt like it was inviting a journey and there seems to be a sense of hope to it. Not that like, this is who you are stamp, like for the rest of your life, you're the shitty qualities. Like that's always how I felt with the other ones. And this one, it felt like this is who you are. And like, this is when you lean, where you might lean at different times and here's where it comes from. And I don't know. It just felt like it was inviting me onto the path of a journey versus like a box. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It, um, it really isn't like I think about, you know, some of the other more popular, like a Myers-Briggs test or something where you really are more pigeonholed and you're, you're maybe learning about how you're, how you are, how your actions show up, but you don't understand why. And you don't understand what has motivated you to be that way. And so it does, it feels like, um, like you're just always going to have to be that way because you don't, there's no way of changing it. And the goal of Enneagram is that you actually grow past it or out of it to where you're really using it as a tool to reflect whenever maybe um, you do something you don't understand. But otherwise the goal isn't that you're like a type and you stay that type and you're the best at being that type. It's like you actually grow past it and, you don't relate to as many things of the basic type that you are because you've learned how to cope with the, what has caused you to be, um, have those like basic desires or be the way that you, your most basic self is. I really like Yeah. I remember when, of- when Rachel and I first started talking about it, she's like, nah, I don't like that. And I was like, yeah, it's cause you're four Rachel. And she's like, ah, no, 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 no. And then Yep, you were you're a four, Rach. You are. I, a four. I'm for sure a four. But then it said Every- fours. Fours think that fours are special, and I was like, I'm definitely a four. <laughs> yeah, four is the most rare type, and she's like, Oh, I am for sure a four. <laughs> yeah, that got me hooked. I was like, That's She's reading it. She's like, Oh my god, Megan, did you? This, this is what it says about me. And I'm. I know. I I told you. I told you that you're a four. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I I love to um what you brought up Alex about like being able to recognize and I don't know if this is exactly what you were saying but what I heard is even being able to recognize that like under stress you're you might swing this way and in a growth state for lack of a better phrase you start to move into this other direction and recognizing that same potential in other people that like you're not this fixed you know, thing. And, and just like, I don't want to be put in a box and I appreciate being in any or looking at Enneagram because it is about the journey. It kind of opened me up to being able to recognize other people are also not just in a box too. And, um, that they might be under stress and therefore 
you know, finding their own way through different motivations and things like that. Um, so also you were a philosophy major. Yep. How is that? <laughs> philosophy major. Oh, um, it was amazing. It, uh, the joke among all of my friends that I graduated with is that we are, will all became bartenders or, uh, baristas for quite a while after college, but, um, no, it was great. And I feel like more than anything, it really taught me like critical thinking skills and, um, just like curiosity, which I am like such a, I feel like that's really what's helped me grow so much in, um, my life the last five years or so. And, um, also relates to the other thing about fours and I'm a type eight is we both think we're very unique and are very unique and want to be the most unique. Um, and being a philosophy major definitely gets you there because everyone else is not doing that for sure in college. Oh, so funny. I, for a while, I thought I was going to be a philosophy major. So I just, I love doing this podcast because I will have known people for like, it doesn't matter. I always find out some new thing and I'm like, of course you're that. <laughs> like, of course that's why we're friends. Oh, so, so crazy. True. Even some of my closest friends who bring them on and I'm just like, I had no idea. So. Yeah. Okay, Megan, how about you? Who are you and where did Enneagram decide to have a relationship with you in your life? Um, I'm kind of similar to Alex, um, that I like always loved personality, um, type tests and assessments. And I am a two and twos like love to be needed. That's like a key quality of a two. Um, it's called the helper. And I just like really love knowing what people's types are because it like helps me build a bridge with them, like understand them, serve them well. Like, um, I like, truly love to serve people and um it just was interesting to me to know that like this is what you how you act in growth and this is how you act whenever you're like a little bit more dysfunctional and what's so cool about people being self-aware and like knowing their number or like you being able to know people's number like for an example like Alex or my friend Garrett like they can call you out and be like, Hey, you're like acting really bad too right now. And, um, it kind of like can bring you back to self-awareness and, um, help you gain back homeostasis of like where actually you're sitting in growth rather than like using your old bad, I'm doing air quotes, bad behaviors. Um, I just, I just really love it to understand people and have like a common language and same kind of deal. Myers-Briggs, that type of stuff. It, it felt more like, this is who you are. And then you're like, okay, well now what, what do I do with it? And, um, since Enneagram is like so simple and like, there can be like the wings that can make you act a little bit different. And you're like leaning on this wing or leaning on this wing or a counter type of a certain of a number or whatever. There's like so much variation within it, but like at the core, the core fears and the core desires, um, of that type, you know, that's what defines the type, those things, like caused by a childhood wound, that type of stuff, people get that. And um, that's how I like encourage people to figure out their number rather than just like take a quiz is like to read the core fears and the core desires and like see which one actually probably hurts the most. And you read about like what your number does when they're acting not so good. And then you're probably like, fuck. And, and that's how I figured out what my number was. I was going to ask that because I've taken a quiz a couple of times and 
feel like I always get different results. Um, yeah, but I, I did go back and I like listened and I was like, okay, yeah, like you're, you're a three. That, three, that, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, if I would have taken it probably when I was much less self-aware, like uh, in the, I like really love feelings and I, I trend towards like sadness and depression. Like I, that's where I feel home. I would have, I probably would have been a four and I, I score pretty close with the four. If I take like a test, like maybe only like one or two points below a two. And I relate a lot to the four. And then this is kind of weird too. Like Alex and I are both Pisces and like, we like see a lot of that stuff is the same. And it's just like another, it's like a way to relate and like stuff that comes up Enneagram ways or like twos go to what a bad eight looks like whenever they're in stress. And then like a two in growth starts to look more like a four when the four is doing really well. It's just weird. It's just interesting to know like where you can grow and like what, what growth looks like. And, um, it's just interesting to hear people say their numbers when you know, like they for sure are not that number. I think it's interesting too, and you brought up horoscopes and that is, we played with that in season two and the invitation of growth was sort of there too. When we, we had Joshua on in season two and we were talking about it because I had always based off of my like very basic birth chart, I'm technically a cancer, but then he actually looked at my real birth chart and it turns out I was a Leo. And like, for me, I was like, this is my invitation to like go from a cancer that's like really sensitive um, you know, nurturing kind of, I don't know, you know, whatever you want to classify cancer as into this like strong, fierce Leo. And so I really connected on it, like for the same reason that I'm like, this is like my growth pattern. I'll always have that sweet, sensitive, uh, you know, innocent cancer side that wants love and loves everyone back. But then I'm going to be this like fierce lion on the outside. And I, I see the parallel there. And I like that in both of them, that there is so much growth. Yeah, the growth pattern is like the the real shit, the good stuff. Like you know, if it, there's like the, all the meme accounts like for types, and um, those the memes that you relate to are like those are when I'm probably doing not so good, or like you know that's old patterns that you you might have, and like if you're going back to that, like for me especially in working at Lululemon, fostering like culture of growth and surrounding myself with with people who want self-awareness and want growth. Um, that that's what I'm after with it. Could we, are you guys comfortable doing like a breakdown of what people might see? Like, let's say they've never done this before. They maybe are going to take a quiz right now, but like, what can they expect? How many types are there? Like, what do the wings mean? I know there's variants to depending on at least the quiz I took had a variant. So could you just like go over that at a high level? Yeah. Alex, you want to just like, do you want me to talk and you can just like add in also what I'm, what I miss out on maybe? Yeah, that's great. Okay. So like where I started with Enneagram types was on um, the website. My favorite one is enneagraminstitute.com and there are nine Enneagram types. Um, On the, on this site, it gives it really clear bottom line, what the type is, um, what are some common characteristics of that type. And it shows um, like what that type's basic fear, basic desire is, and then what they go to if they're like a wing 
you can only wing to either side of your number. So if you're a one, you can only wing to nine or, and two. You can't be like a one wing seven. Um, and then you can also know like what healthy levels of that number look like. Um, it talks about compatibility with other types, misidentification, which is like a, a thing that I really am interested in. Some types um, are often misidentified very often, like a two, if you're a mother, um, a lot of women who are mothers will mistype as a two because you're spending so much of your time, like, um, taking care of other people and helping other people. Um, and variants, I don't know about, I don't really know about that, but, um, you also will have like where your number goes to in stress and in growth. Um, each number uh, has its has its two numbers that it goes to. Alex, what else? Um, yeah, I think a big thing that it's like so most people whenever they hear about Enneagram, they're just going to go take a quiz. And um like Megan said, and like y'all have said, you experience like you may get different numbers every time or have really high scores and multiple numbers. Um, as I've grown through Enneagram, if I go back and take tests now, I often get a totally different number than what mine is um, because eight is a, it, they're called a challenger and they're all control. And as I've worked through those things for myself, um, I've become a lot more calm, a lot more likely to um, relinquish control in situations where I didn't used to. And so I often, um, will show up as a nine, um, instead of an eight, or I'll show up, show up as a four because I still definitely have that uniqueness and liking the, um, deep feeling that a four likes. Um, but I'm definitely an eight. And so what, how I know is because of the, like, core motivations that I have for the things that I do. So this is, again, kind of where it differs from other personality tests that you may have taken before, where it's like, um, talks a lot about what, how you act in life. So are you more likely to do this or that? Do people see you this way? And um, Enneagram at the end of the day talks a lot about what is your core fear? What is your core desire? And um when I look through those for each number, it's so clear to me. Um, eight's core fear is losing control um, and being controlled by something else. And that is above all else for me, my, my biggest fear, even whenever I look through the others, because what you'll find is like, yeah, they're all going to be, they're all fears, right? So like, they're all things that you don't want to have happen. Um, something like, you know, not being needed or feeling worthless, um, feeling like you're not perfect or, or like you're bad is um, one of them, like you um, aren't a good person. And like, I don't want any of those things. And at the end of the day, I know that I would still choose having control over any of those. And so that really supported me in like grounding in what my number is. And I mean, same with core desire. So core desire, same exact situation. And so I, although the test can be helpful to help you find maybe some possibilities of numbers, you may end up with two or three or four that you keep going back to. Um, going through and actually reading each number's um, core motivations 
will something will land it will be like those funny memes that we were talking about it's like that's the thing that's it that's what gets me and um that one I think is really like the biggest part of Enneagram that's it from others and a lot of that is it allows choice right it allows you to, to really speak for yourself and say like I own this part of me and um that's different than other tests where you get your results and then that's given to you and you are that now this says like hey here's some ideas go in and actually read about it and see if it fits and um I know Megan's a huge um proponent of that especially whenever we she was talking about misidentification but if we ever meet someone who we feel like has misidentified that's like the first thing we talk to them about um because it really I it really helps narrow down where you're um, like why you are showing up the way that you are, um, and why you might have gotten the results that you did. I, yeah, I have to say that the fear acknowledgement is probably what made me know that a four, like, I think my ego liked hearing that the fours are unique and the most unique and really special. But then when I read in that a fear of a four is not feeling like they're going to make an impact on the world or that they just don't matter. And I use... I actually always say like my biggest fear is that I wasted my life. Like I had a chance to be here in life and it was a waste. Um, And it didn't matter if I was here. And a lot of times when I've talked to therapists, they almost put me into this like they, they kind of like blanket statement, this fear of abandonment. And I'm like, no, I'm not afraid of being alone or having people abandon me. I mean, that's yes. That is if, you know, I feel like that's like a human uh, it's normal to be afraid of something like that, but like a core fear. When I read that from the four, I was like, "Oh shit!" I've never had something literally take the words out of my mouth. And then I was hooked to like, okay, I do want to dig further. And I did also really appreciate the invitation of of choice in there. Of like a majority of the enneagram, I started following enneagram and coffee is a woman on Instagram. And her whole thing is like, yeah, take the quizzes. And the more important thing is to actually, what you said, sit with it and and actually see what it feels like when you read through the different descriptions. And your own self-identification is way more powerful than any algorithm that spits out what you're being told you are. And I loved that. I need to like go back now because I've done the, the quizzes. I think I've been on this site before, but now I'm looking at the the three and I'm like is it like what what basic fear is just being straight up rejected from life I think that is a three (laughs) probably they said basic fear of being worthless I guess Uh, worthless is yeah Janelle like if you if you feel like you're um wing three two I'm opposite I'm two three uh two is like being unwanted and like being unworthy and like like you said with three it's different and what I, what Rachel had said about, um, like the core, the core fear, like the motivating fear, like, and Alex said also, we all have those fears. Those are like basic human fears, but like what the most important thing, like to narrow down and like get introspective is like, what is the motivating one? Like, what is the one that like makes you act the certain ways or choose behavior or like subconsciously like acting a certain way? Um, I, I d- I've dug really deep into this talking about childhood wound and like um, childhood traumas. And, you know, as we all know, like it doesn't have to be like some huge 
um, traumatic event for it to be perceived as like a, a trauma as a child. And it's, there are common childhood wounds with each type and, um, reading about that a little bit, um, and like just knowing how I felt as a child. And it it really just made sense, the motivating fears and the motivating desires, like how that shapes what decisions I make is, is like the, the key factor. That's really interesting. So how do the wings come into play then? Because like the three is the core and the wings are like in addition or what does that what does that actually look like? So the wing is going to be kind of like where do you pull some of your other characteristics in? So for me, I'm an eight wing nine. So eights are challengers. They um, like control. They're often like the first to share their opinion. Um, and nines are um, heart, like harmony is their thing. And they actually fear conflict. And so there's times where I can see myself caring more about harmony than um, challenging the group. And that's where I can wing nine. Nines also have um, like characteristics, like uh, a little bit of laziness a little bit of um, like go with the flow. Um, There can be a little quieter, calmer, whereas seven, my other option for a wing is going to be their core fear is like feeling feelings that are not happy. (laughs) Um, Their core desire is like happiness and flow in their life and getting to be adventurous. And um, I don't have those many of those qualities. So they're often like seen as the life of the party, very social. So that's where you can kind of see of which do you relate more with? Where do you tend to be? So for an eight, it would be like, am I more of um, a peacemaker, a harmony person, um, calmer, maybe a little, the negative things to be like a little bit lazier. Or for seven, it would be like, am I an enthusiast? Am I like so excited about life? Am I really caring about being happy? Am I someone who jumps from project to project? And then that's where you can really tell um, the wing just helps kind of like elaborate on your personality. So for three, it's like, are you more toward um, a type two of like helping people that more um, like nurturing aspect or four where you're more of like the artist and um the creative and the unique and maybe a little bit more like quote unquote in your feelings. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense then. Cause I, I feel like whenever I look at these things and as I do self exploration, there's when we've been talking about this on the podcast too, but there's like the layers and I think there's like the high level of, yes, I'm the achiever. Like I feel the need to accomplish things in order to feel that I'm worthwhile. But then there's almost like you all were talking about like my inner child. And if you ask me like my inner child, biggest fear, I mean, it is probably the two of like being unwanted or unworthy of love. And like my basic desire is to feel love. So I I guess I see them both. I would say probably like the deeper rooted one is a two, but I don't think if (laughs) you read what a two is, like, I don't think a lot of people would be like you're two. Yeah. And it's, and it's hard. Like in the, in the misidentifying, um, in the more introspective and like the more you think about it, but I really do love on Enneagram Institute when it talks about, uh, you click down in misidentification and like mis and like, for example, misidentifying twos and threes, um, like two is often described as like seductive, but like 
it says all types can be seductive in their own ways and threes can be very seductive indeed. Therefore, it's important to distinguish how they seduce, how you seduce attention. Like basically twos um, get others to like them by doing good things for them and by focusing on the other person. Um, and that's twos like need, need the others like twos feel too self, like feel like it would be selfish to uh, go after their own goals where like threes are very goal oriented. So it's just, it's just like reading and discovering more about each one. And you kind of will see like, Oh, I, I think I, I do that. And um, like when you start, you nail down your type, you can start seeing like where your type goes in growth and where it goes in um, when you're stressed. Like for me going to um, an eight in stress is what a two does. And it is like the aggressive part um, like of an eight in the argumentative combative parts um, that a two will go to. And I for sure see myself doing that when I'm stressed out. Um, And it's just, it's just like keeping reading and it's just a cool thing to like help you discover what your tendencies are and like see, Hey, maybe that, maybe I'm doing that. Maybe I'm acting like ragey because whatever, whatever I'm under stress or I'm not feeling good about myself or I'm feeling unwanted. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. I'm wondering if I'm like a two that just doesn't show any like two traits at a high level I'm like a two in my heart <laughs> but what I, what I love I, I, maybe and I'm gonna toot like your guys horn right now because I think Megan you being able to say like yeah I can sometimes identify or I have at different times in my life I could see myself identifying as a four and I feel like I'm a two it's just even that invitation of like this isn't a rigid structure and so even if like, yes, you're going to probably tend towards, you know, one way, but we're not, we're like very dynamic. And there's a lot that is like going on with us and outside of us at all times. And so that permission to recognize that, like, just because you tend towards this one way doesn't mean that you're like 100% not anything, any of the others. And so what I'm hearing is that you actually, Janelle, could be I mean, maybe you're still just discovering which of the two there and give them both merit and sit with them and play with them a little bit. Yeah, I've I've read about people that are like, I thought I was a two for five years. And then finally, one day after I'd worked through therapy or worked through the stuff or uncovered stuff, I mean, I realized they were a six. And then they were like, make so much sense. Um, And if you don't know your type, like there's no like rule. And I, I know that some people reading or listening to the, um, audio book, the road back to you is, can really help. And it's just like, it's just like reading it and reflecting, doing a lot of self-reflection, um, really helps to like see what you trend towards, like Rachel was saying. What's yeah, that? I guess it's an interesting thing. Cause it, like, I'm doing a lot of that right now. And again, there are things like, if you think of the layers of the person, like there are layers at a very high level that I would say I define myself as, as and they're more, yeah, the three, the achiever, like the eight, the dominant. But then when you get to like the deep levels of who I am, of like who I was as a child, I feel like that's like a little bit more too. So yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm still exploring. So I like the invitation, but it's like cool, I guess also to see, like you said, that you're not just like stuck to one, but you can identify them maybe even at different layers of who you are and how you self-identify. What's the road back to you? It's a book. Um, 
it's like a before there was all the uh, I feel like before there was all the pages and stuff I think the road back to you was like one of the original like um Enneagram books oh or that's okay, like got a, it. Mm-hmm, it's got a book it. okay got it do you guys have you guys found that people who are like in the same group tend to have number overlaps Um, for me, I'm like, uh, it's hard for me to be around other twos. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I know that it's hard. I tend towards eights. Um, like it, there's like types that like to go, that go together. Like Alex is an eight really close to her. And then like also Eva is an eight and she has like some, she has like some other eight qualities that Alex doesn't have, but like it's, um, the being protected and eights are protectors and twos and eights like if you're in a romantic relationship like twos and eights have like the strongest sexual chemistry and Alex and I always joke about that because she I call her my wife um but like it's weird what types get to get along really well and like two I feel um competitive with other twos uh twos can be really manipulative with their help and they want to be needed so bad so if two twos are together uh, we're almost like vying for the attention. Like two likes to be two wing three, especially likes to be the host. Um, so it's kind of like, okay, well I'm the one that's fucking doing it. So what, what you can leave now. <laughs> yeah. I, I would imagine also you understanding the qualities of what you are and then your ability to see that in another person and they might express them in different ways. And that might, I would imagine for myself, that I would like project my like my own shit onto somebody as I was seeing them do the things that I would potentially be like working through myself. So I could see, I could see that um, for me with other fours as well. It's funny. Yeah, I can speak for like I had a a boss who was an eight, and um, so like eights both like control and both like being in charge, and so there was already some like that either worked really well or it really didn't work well. Um, And then on top of it, yeah, whenever it's not working well, you're just like projecting onto them. Like you're doing this because of that. You're saying that that way because um, like you're in fear of losing control. And so you're taking over in a really aggressive way. And um, I almost think like Megan said, it can be harder to be around for me as well. My own number. Um, one, because I can compete with them for control. And then two, because I'm, I like you said, projecting on them. Um, and there's like, there's quite a bit on um, the Enneagram Institute and on all the Instagram pages now around just like relationships and like the conflicts that will come up with relationships between numbers. And I tend to be friends with twos and sixes quite often. Um, and threes as well. And where I really struggle is with ones because they're like rule followers, they're um, reformers, they want to be really good and perfect and eights don't have that quality. And so I can really struggle in conversations with type one specifically because um, they're like unwilling to like be free in some way um they restrain themselves a lot and so that can be hard for me to relate to so it's just it's interesting um like whenever we talk about having like being uh friends or working with or being in a relationship with another number like it's not that any one way doesn't work it's 
it's like, what conflict are you willing to put up with within it? So for me, like, that's one that's really hard for me because I value freedom so much and I disregard rules in detail. But other eights may be fine with that and they may actually not like someone like a, like a type six who um, they are going to be more about security and safety. That might actually really annoy a type eight who's um, like a free for all kind of type eight. So um, it, I don't think it's really specifically down to like a number per num for number. It's more so going to be like whenever you encompass the whole person, what are they able to um, like put up with or um, relate to better, connect with better or not with other people. Yeah, it's it's cool when you start to be able to have conversations with other people instead of, I feel like I kind of, astrology was maybe my way in, like that was my comfort zone of like, okay, I'll identify from that standpoint, but I didn't really go much further than that. But I was always doing it on my own. And it's so much more like, there's so much more, to it to the conversation when you're able to have it with somebody else um specifically like Janelle mentioned we had a Kabbalistic astrologer on the podcast and he basically called out like Rachel you have a Leo rise oh I can't remember a Leo somewhere in there and Janelle being a Leo and how Aquarius and and Leo actually are the perfect match to have this podcast be a thing. Like, and so I was like, that's so cool. And so I have found that I really enjoy these conversations when it can be less of just like an, I mean, yes, the inner dissection is also uh, very interesting, but I really love it when it comes to the interpersonal dynamics and it just brings so much more to the table, so much more flavor, so much more, I don't know, maybe it's because, so many conversations are just like so surface level and I don't really like surface level conversations. <laughs> and so this kind of gets people in a comfortable way to be able to go a little bit deeper without having to like bear all of their, the details of the, the, their specific story or their specific wounds. They can kind of still speak to it without having to be like the time when I was eight, when this terrible thing happened. Um, and so I've really appreciated that, um, robustness is like the only word I can think of. I think it helps to reduce the the shame around it too. Cause like you said, sometimes telling your story that, I mean, that's truly being very, very vulnerable and other people might look at it and say, well, that's not trauma. And, And like you all mentioned, I think very well, like trauma doesn't have to be something that was super extreme in your life to cause trauma and like have that be imprinted on you. And yeah, it just makes it easier to, to bring it up. So those are really good points as people like are starting to do their self-work and they're not quite, you know, I don't know. I always just felt like I'm like, I live such a great life. Like, how could I have any trauma? Right. And that's obviously bullshit. But <laughs> um, but like being able to recognize it for what it is yeah. and not feel ashamed. Yeah. And and. I don't know, trauma isn't necessarily something that that a lot of people even know what to do with. Like, I know Janelle and I are both actually working through past trauma stuff in different ways. And it's been really hard for me to find somebody that can actually, that actually knows what to do with trauma in the long term and in general. And, and I've had a lot of therapists and other, you know, healers who have said that they could hold the space for trauma and they actually couldn't. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, 
it is interesting um, to have something that invites that conversation in um, in not like a, I'm going to kick you over the edge of the cliff, but it's like, okay, we're just going to start to have this in context to something bigger. And then, you know, how do these types of conversations work into bigger conversations around what you want to do with some of the things that have happened in your life in a way that feels good for you. So, yeah. So- yeah. And like Enneagram has like given me um, like tools to even like identify what the traumas might've actually been. Like even as an adult, um, I was in an abusive relationship and my ex, I, I'm very positive that he, he was an eight just like based on his traumas as a child and how he reacts and stress and, and that type of thing. And I, when I started reading the Enneagram of like a very low functioning two and what a two does to gain love. And it was textbook what my relationship was with him. And it helped me be like, okay, those things I do are because of like, they're actually from a reason. It's not just like, cause I'm fucked up or because whatever excuse I made to try to be like, this is bad and wrong. It, it came from somewhere and it kind of gave me a little bit of validation and helped me feel like, okay, I'm, I definitely am not alone and um, I'm not broken. And what do I do with this information? Knowing that I am functioning at such a low level and have no self-worth, how do I grow from this? And it was, it was just like very validating for me. I love that. I, I truly, I just, I think it's really cool that there's something like this that exists in the world for, for people to be able to, I don't know, have that. It's like this little runway, you know, it's like an easy runway to be able to take as much as you can, you know, take in and know that there's more and that when you are taking it in, it's coming from a place of like, we're all in this together trying to figure out how to be, you know, be who we're going to be. And you're not alone. Um, I don't know. I've done a ton of like 12 step stuff um, myself. And that's the part of it that has always been a struggle for me is that it tends to be, you know, there's something inherently there's a flaw like inherently wrong in you and like we're all gonna quietly and anonymously rally around that and it just seems like it just perpetuates this brokenness and um this Enneagram is not that it's like very much hey look here's like all the spaghetti on the wall (laughs) that's just what this is this is what the experience that we're in and like where's your noodle and how does that noodle fall and how does that noodle stick and how does that noodle whatever? So I just, I love that. So when you guys are, I've, I've heard you say like, you'll go and say to your friends like, hey, you're kind of being a, um, what did you say? Like a not great two right now? Like, yeah, bad two. <laughs> okay, a bad two. <laughs> so how, I guess my question is, what? how are you keeping up with this because I tend to get like really excited about stuff and then like six months later I'll be like oh yeah I did that Enneagram thing and that was awesome and then I didn't ever did anything with it again how do you keep up with it how do you stay in dialogue and how does that conversation organically come up without it feeling forced 
Um, I mean, just like being in relationship with people and like knowing their number, it's just like, just like kind of like anything else, like having the language around it. Or like if you go have a day or you like notice yourself acting a certain way, like I don't know that um, Alex and I even anymore very much like specifically refer to um, like, hey, you're being this bad eight or bad two. But um, like a lot of stuff that gets posted is like, here's how this number deals with uh, even like silly stuff. Like uh, here's how like this number reacts to reading a new book or something like that. And I like send them to my husband and um, we'll just like talk about it that way. Or like when he's feeling a certain way, I I'm like, yeah, that makes sense because your core fear is blah, blah, blah. So it like evolves to from saying like, yeah, you're acting bad six to be like, Hey, you're, you're really acting in anxiety. You're like, you're being very, you're going over, over and beyond of anxiousness right now. Do you find that people? Yeah, I think. Oh, go ahead. Um, I think like, it's it is it's like the common language and i think it got so pop enneagram has gotten so popular now that like my um niece is like obsessed with it she's in college and so i like i know it's everywhere and i feel like like megan said it's just common language and if you read about other numbers other than yourself like reading about yourself like you said like it's helpful and you learn how you may react in certain situations but reading about other numbers and um like how they may react and why they're reacting that way. I, I think for me, it just created quite a bit more compassion. Like, although I may not be able to like actually experience what it's like to be so afraid of not having security or not feeling prepared enough, I really relate to type six, which is that's their fear. And it's a lot of, it's like, I've just done a lot of research and I've really understood like, okay, that's like really how they feel. And they live in this constant state of anxiety because of that. And then it causes weird reactions. So like, that's what I believe my boyfriend is. He still doesn't really identify with any one number, but he has um, reactions to things that are very different than me. And I think more than anything, it's allowed me to say like, okay, like, why would he be doing that if, if he identifies as this number, it's almost just something I can go and reference and say like, interesting, maybe, maybe it's like this. And then now there's tools out that are like how to have a conversation with someone about how to help them move out of that. I mean, same with Megan, I can think about times where like I've been in overdrive and like ready to just like blow someone up because they're not being honest with me or just something that was like very, like activated something in me that felt like they were attacking me. And so it made me really become a challenger. And Megan's grabbed my arm and been like, no, you're not going to go do that yet because you need to take a minute. Like it's not going to have outcome you want. And it's because she knows that that's how I have to be talked to, to be talked out of that moment. And it's not just like friend to friend. It's like all of these, uh, all of these tools and like research that we've done around it that's really supported us having that relationship with each other that's so cool i i is all of that that you're talking about on the enneagram institute or is it just on like other platforms that are supporting it enneagram institute is like enneagram institute is where megan and i 
started um, looking at stuff, but now we found quite a few um, like Instagram pages and things like that that we've used. Uh, but Enneagram Institute is like the classic um, that I always go back to because it really has everything from the core motivations to um, there's at least like six or seven levels of different healthiness of a number. So you can see like, okay, so if this person, I have a friend who is identifying as a seven, but I don't see them showing up as this like enthusiast and super fun person. Like, is there a place in, in the seven health that I can see where that actually, um, it still makes sense that she is showing up this way. So um, I would say Enneagram Institute is like the starting point for, for where I would recommend starting for most people. Cool. And Alex, Alex and I like loving personality stuff. Like we, we have had times where we're like, okay, what are the common, like what are common Meyer Briggs types of this Enneagram type or like what, how does it like overlap with other types of tests or personality types? And I think like Alex's, um, even with like strength finders and stuff like it, some of it, like really her strengths of in another test um, strength finder really align with who she is as an eight in a lot of ways. And um, she's like such an incredible leader. And I know one of her like top strengths is individualization. Is that, that's right. Right. Alex. And she um, like, and, and me being a helper and like being a, a, at my very core, a people person, her and I share that desire to like learn about people and know about people and like be the best leader and how, how to relate to people really well. And like just knowing like common um, fears and desires of each type or even like the type description, like a type one is like the reformer type three is the achiever. Just like knowing small things like that. Um, you can like start to see like how people function, how people act in certain situations. And you're like, okay, I think they're acting that way because of this. And then you like can tailor your communication to like really land with them because you know what their core fear or desires are. And, um, you just can speak in a way that like can really land with them. As you're talking, I'm like thinking to myself how helpful it would be to just, to your point, like know what each of the nine, um, Enneagrams are and what they're like generalized tendencies to exactly your point. Like, I think there's been a lot of times where when people freak out and it takes me by surprise, I can't like my system goes into massive fight or flight. But if I am already like, if I already have a context of like, oh, this is like, can be a normal reaction to this thing. It's like my set of like language that exists within me to pull from already comes from this foundation of, hey, this is a human trait that's happening. And I go into less of a, I'm being attacked and more of a curiosity. And that's super interesting. Like at 37, I'm like, shit, I wish I would have had that a long time ago. And I'm excited to dig in to have that just baseline because I know as a highly sensitive person who I am taking in a lot of information very, very quickly and nuanced information. And it's usually pretty spot on, but if I can have context beyond my own taking anything personally (laughs) context, um, that would be a game changer. I'm like sitting here too. 
if anyone could create something that starts to combine all the <laughs> different tests together, <laughs> they could be rich. Is that so human like, You were saying that, like... The uh, mega I mean, test. <laughs> well, you're like as you're saying that, I'm like, yeah, I'm a strength finder. Like, I have my Enneagram. I have my Myers-Briggs. Like, I, I have all these things. I'm like, I want someone to just, like, map them all out and just be like, this is who you are. I mean, I really don't want that. But at the same time, figuring out who you are is so hard. <laughs> I, like, really just want someone else to tell me rather than doing the work. Have, have, you, sure. heard, have you heard of human design, Janelle? I haven't, no. I Isn't, or is that that really intense yeah, con- it's, conference? It's, oh, I don't... Or no. I, it's a really intense system of self-identification, but it's mm. it uses astrology and strengths and, like, all sorts of things. I have a friend who's going through the training right now, but it's, like, crazy. It takes you a really long time to be able to understand it all. Um, but it kind of sounds like that a little bit. I like Enneagram because it seems simple. But simple on the journey. Uh, I want the data. (laughs) Yeah, even at the the baseline, like the type description, like being either the helper, the achiever, the individualist, investigator, those type, those like little words, like at your core, like my husband, he's a six. um, And like he rings really hard five. Like he, he probably almost equally pulls from a five and a six. Like the loyalist and the investigator, like, those describe him so accurately like just that little bit of knowledge of it you're like that makes sense it's so cool i like want to go dig in janelle we should have enneagram fridays <laughs> we really should i'm so like i apologize i feel like we're talking about this and i'm like researching at the same like, all the things this is all i'm gonna do tonight like i'm probably not gonna <laughs> sleep <laughs> i'm just gonna be on all the sites being like which one are you who are you and then i'll like meditate and be like tell me universe (laughs) which one am i (laughs) so you guys you guys mentioned some additional instagram handles that you follow what are there a few that you would just recommend i mean i want to just follow them so (laughs) i would love to hear what they are um like alex had said or you maybe you said enneagram and coffee Mm -hmm. Um, another one that I like, um, there's like funny ones and then there's like ones that are like pretty insightful. Um, nine types co nine T Y P E S C O that one talks like a lot about, um, uh, like just for example, what magic do you bring? It's like leadership by, uh, Enneagram type. And these are like, this is the main type I use. Um, like whenever I'm having meetings at work, like with my other ASMs, I like to bring stuff like this because I know their types and it like, uh, it's like a really productive type of, uh, growth because you're like how am I how do I show up as a leader or like how to connect with each Enneagram type um and then there's like there's like other funny ones like okay Enneagram um is like a pretty funny one Alex what are some other ones that we always send each other there's a woman named Gina Gomez and I just looked up her handle her name her handle is ginagomez.co so pretty easy um, and she has a very beautiful aesthetic to her Instagram, which is a huge draw in for me, but she does a lot. Um, it's similar to nine types and what she does, but hers is really geared towards, um, women and self self-worth. And I, um, I really enjoyed hers. And then, um, there's another one called just my Enneas type. And I like that one as well. They do, 
Um, most of them do these little like series where um, they'll do like just mania type had one recently that was like rip- ripple effects and they do <clears throat> like little ripple effects that are negative things that happen to each number. So Rachel Furrier's fours have examples like um, being enslaved to your emotional life leads to withdrawing and not being present in your real life. And then it shows how that can ripple into other and bigger things. And it ends with um, writing narratives about people rather than actually listening to them leads to weak relationships and judgmental behaviors. So um, I enjoy things like that where they'll do series and that comes from me um, having been in this for a while and being at a point where I'm really looking at relationships and how the people around me are impacted by their Enneagram number. Um, I was even thinking about, we were talking earlier about um, like how we've used that to help us with um, other people in our lives. And I had an example from um, work recently where uh, I had an assistant manager who was a three and um, she was really struggling. Threes struggle with um, feel feeling in their body um, they get like really stuck in their head. And so um, <laughs> that, Rachel and I have been dealing I, with that so much as a three, like literally that's all we talk about. So maybe. <laughs> so good. Um, well, maybe this will resonate with you, but something I had encouraged other people to ask her whenever they were feeling like in conflict with her was like, so they would share like, and then she shuts down and then she just wants to like solve the problem and not talk about it at all. And um, I like, ask them specifically to ask her like what feeling is coming up for her and to use a feeling word because often um people who don't stay in their body and stay present with what they're feeling will share like they'll say what are you feeling right now or like what however you want to ask that question and they'll share like an action so they'll say I'm feeling like I want to go do x which is like go solve the problem and um that was really supportive for her and I think that's like another example where just knowing her number or that she identified with the three was like, okay, people are saying that you're not talking through problems. You're just like trying escaping it. As soon as they get into conflict, that's something threes do pretty regularly. So like, let's insert one question and see if it changes how your conversations and relationships with people are going. Um, so I think that's where like, and again, I got that from probably one of these Instagram handles. And so it's like these series where they go through and you're really, start to learn about people around you you start to see their patterns and you see like okay so threes move out of body whenever they're in conflict let me see how I can support them coming back into their body quicker um I don't know that's just it's really helped me in my relationships professionally and um in my personal life I love this it's so cool that's a good story and Megan, can you even believe it? When you first said it, I was like, get away from get away from me. Get this Enneagram crap away from me. <laughs> Rachel's like, no, no, no. I don't I don't wanna be in a pigeonhole. And I was like, no, Rach, no. I'm do you think I would do that to you? And, and like, then I was oh, back no, there and then I was it. And then I was back there and I was just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my god, this is so me. And then she's like, Can you please work? And I was like, just hold on a second. <laughs> It was like really slow and Rachel's in fits on the BBR reading uh, my Enneagram Institute. And I'm like, okay, good. I know you're a four. This is super great. Like now I need you to like look up from and put the people in the rooms. Come on. Oh my God. So funny. 
Well, this has been so awesome, you guys. I feel like I, I want to, like, I want you guys to have little, like, circles or huddles where you talk about Enneagram so I can join because I, I want to keep talking about this. So, Janelle, we're going to do it <laughs> because I want to keep, do it. yeah, I want to keep, I love the way you guys are just, it's such a fluid part of um, your conversations and how you take in the world. And I just, it's been very beautiful to hear, to listen to and to witness. Um, so yeah, thank you for being here and sharing your passions with us on Enneagram. I like was so nervous. I was like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know enough. And like Alex had said, uh, we were talking about it, like trying to plan out what we we're going to talk about. And she's like, I don't even feel like I know Enneagram anymore. I'm like, no, it's like, I started thinking about her saying that I was like, it's like that we know, or we haven't talked about it in so long. It's because it's just like what we, we just like know those things and it just becomes so integrated. And I like really like this, um, just being able to like share and to people that are receptive to it and like that are also interested in like being self-aware and learning about themselves. Like that's, it's, it's great. And I'm, I'm really happy to share this with you guys. Yeah. Well, and it's, it, it feels good to me having it come from people who are living it, experiencing it versus like, I, I feel like sometimes when we put on the title of expert, we become almost like, this is how it works and this is how you need to do it. And this is the, this is the rules. And that's not what this was at all. It was totally like, let's just, you know, this is what my experience is. And like, here's how I've played with it. And so it was very inviting. Um, and yeah, I'm, I feel, I cannot believe I'm even saying that I'm like super excited to dig into this because it's totally against <laughs> everything that I said a year ago, but that's cool. So the, fi- the last question we always ask everybody is, how do you live your true north in one word? And I know that Enneagram like fits into um, how you guys have figured out who you are and who you want to be, which is so cool. And either with or without that, um, how do you live your true north in one word? Um, for me, I would say it's connect. I, I've struggled with this a lot um, and actually trying to find my true north and find what I wanted and how to live. Um, actually, I had to move away from my traditional like Enneagram role, like being the helper um, and like my word of the year and how I live into my true north. Like this past year, my word was be. And that's caused a lot of growth for me and a lot of introspection, which is like very, very hard for a two. So the way I live my true north is to be. Mm, I love that. Thank you, guys. And if people wanted to get in touch with you in any way, what would be the best way for them to do that? Or you can say you're not allowed to get in touch with me. <laughs> yeah, get away. My, my Instagram handle is Mama Megan. Uh, Mama, M-A-M-A, Megan, M-E-A-G-H-A-N. And I got a lot of pictures of my kids, a lot of weird stuff that my kids do. Whenever I was first started this call with you guys, Johnny was in the backyard screaming, ow, my penis, because he just learned how to ride a bike today. So he's having some penis problems. <laughs> Dude, bike riding. Even with the vagina, that shit hurts. He was like, ah, my penis. <laughs> That's great. 
great. Uh, my Instagram is Alex Sigler with two R's, so it's A L E X S I D L E R R, and no kids, but lots of basset hound pictures. So if you're into dogs, you can follow me. Sweet. Also, I have a lot of dogs too. Fellow dog lover. Lots of dog True. lovers in Dallas. All dogs everywhere. That's true. Everywhere. Who doesn't love a dog? Well, I'm allergic to them, so it's a real struggle. <laughs> Rachel's like, well, actually me. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Rachel gives me shit about, like, all my life choices on the podcast, so I'm going to give you shit back on this one. Okay, you can. <laughs> Way to be allergic, idiot. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> okay, wait. We I have one more question for you guys. Are you, either of you, into emo music? Yes. Yes. I'll answer for both of us. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> the, I have a specific playlist called Cry Songs. Yes. Uh, it has some emo, some other just like sad songs. I My emo phase was like uh, a lot of like, I went to more hardcore like angsty stuff, but like, hell yeah, fucking emo. Oh, you guys. Oh, you guys. Why don't you Come send back me? Why don't you, why don't you send us that playlist so Janelle can spend the rest of the week crying, and <laughs> then we'll also post it in the show notes. <laughs> Janelle, if you want to cry, just get on my Spotify and yeah. find my crybaby playlist. Wait, can you please actually send it? <laughs> I need like I can't always express my emotions, but I need like the music and the things, and I like, get myself there, and then I just like let the floodgates open. It's like a pretty um, varied playlist. It has some like um, it has some like weird stuff on it that you're like, this is an interesting playlist, but somehow it will get you right in the feelers. Cry, I need a soundtrack for my cries. I actually need a soundtrack for everything. So, but crying. Find me on Spotify, Megan. Richardson. I'm literally gonna do that right now. <laughs> follow my crybaby playlist. Will you send and then I'm probably gonna listen to it while I'm running, and then by the time I get home, I will just be sobbing. You won't be running, you'll just be walking very slowly <laughs> because you're gonna be so sad. Shit, can't wait. <laughs> when the party's over is on there, so you're gonna feel right at home. <sighs> Janelle, when you find so it, send sad. it to me. There's also, what's the Billie Eilish song about when, like, he says he loves her and then, like, she ends it? I don't know. That's been really ringing. Yeah, <laughs> True in been, my heart. Get to some Lana Del Rey up in there. You're yeah, about to oh, die. Yeah, love her. <laughs> I've been is writing letters all my... It's not emo, no. but, I mean, it's not emo, but this this playlist has, I told you, it's a wide variety. Oh, um, emo stuff, though, too. I went more hardcore, but I do love... I you do like Hawthorne Heights. I do like, I like Hawthorne <laughs> Heights, but I had some, um, I like Thursday if I'm going emo. I liked, um, um, yeah, I love Hawthorne Heights, so it's good stuff. Taking Back Sunday, <laughs> Taking Brand Back Sunday. New, yes. The Used, like that, that was my, that was my shit. Janelle, you're welcome. Make damn sure you can never leave. <laughs> Uh, all right you guys are time. fucking awesome thank you so much for this conversation and being on yes thank this you this is awesome yay thank thanks you. for having us yeah this has been another episode of the true north collective podcast for more from rachel and i check us out on the gram at the true north collective underscore and if you liked what you heard please consider leaving us a review 
wherever you are listening to this podcast. Until next time.